I miss you, old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Straight from the soul, Kanye. Okay. Welcome back, guys, to the Slice Podcast, edition four of uh, Isolation. Yeah. Like Gabby. Isolation. What's up, buddy? It's actually How been much doing? longer than four editions, but this is our fourth edition in the Isolation series. I get it, bro. But it's been like eight that. fucking weeks, man. It's been fucking two months. It's a lot of, a lot of F-bombs you've been dropping here, buddy. It's been two months. <laughs> I get an F-bomb for every month. That is true. You did hit. You did hit for every month. Yeah, that is true. That is fair. Yeah, man. It's wild, man. And Ortega got COVID twice, which is great. What? I got COVID-38. I got COVID-19 twice. That's great. Uh, no, I, I was sick when this all started. And then over the course of the last two weeks, I've been sick again and have been told to go into isolation again. Uh, and then Shane socially distance visited me when he found the trip, which was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's nice of you, Shane. He did a little bit of a beer run, so he had some stuff to pick up. Yeah. I call, I told you I was going to visit you, Gabby, but then you gave me, you're like, I haven't show- or showered and, you know, you know, you weren't feeling Bro, too trash. you know I'm just kidding. Dude, man, like, come on. You- I just didn't want to put pressure on you. That was all. I just, There's I no pressure, bad, man. So- I, like I wasn't planning on visiting Ortega. It just I drove by his house and he was outside with his aunt and Garris. So I just yeah. I pulled up and said, "What up?" That's cool, man. I I see. It was all very. Uh, it, was it was a lot to take in because there was this person, this other person that was bringing treats for Garris, and then Shane and, and Courtney Shane had showed up. Shane yeah. and Courtney came, and then I was out with the dog, and Daniel my aunt was there. Obviously, so it was like disgruntled. A weird party. He was so, I could tell immediately, you were like, I'm like, oh, something happened with Garris for sure. Because, like, you wouldn't let him outside to say what up to me. He would say what inside. So. He was not being, he was not being a good COVID puppy. He was no. being a bad COVID puppy. I mean, he's more of like, he's like half horse, half puppy, but. Yeah, he's, he's a bear now. He's that full bear now. He's here. He didn't shed his, he didn't shed his coat this year. So he's, uh, he's evolved. He's the next stage. Whoa. That's- is he supposed to shed his coat? Yeah, he should shed his coat as the as the as the weather gets warmer. But he's uh, he's packing it on, bud. He's getting big. Oh, because it hasn't gotten really warm yet. Is that why? Yeah, he'll probably start shedding like in a month or so. It's gonna be it's gonna be bananas. I'm gonna be I'm gonna have. It's a crazy to think a week ago today, it was like sunny and like 20 degrees. Yeah, and like it's been snowing the last couple of days. It's wild. Well, there was that day it's where it was guys. like. Wax on, wax off, hailstorm. Yeah, and then yesterday was like all four seasons of the of the year. Yeah, it was it was sunny while it was hailing, and then it was yeah. gloomy and raining, and then it was just sun for the rest of the day. Canada, eh? Yeah, eh? So, weather's a dice roll, always. But we had Sugo yesterday. Sugo was amazing. I strongly recommend it for the listeners out there on the podcast. I had the eggplant part. Uh, it was unbelievable. Willie, Italian food? Yeah. Yeah. Willie Nylander's choice spot. It's a frequent and post photos of. Yeah. He wears the hat. Yeah. So Yeah. Constantly. Anyways, that's kind of our uh, our visitation update. Um, so it was nice to see Shane, despite all of the uh, the happenings at the Ortega household. It was very nice to see Shane and Courtney. So shout out to you guys for making the nice little trip over and getting some beer. 
Gabby, yeah. you and I have been visiting one another on the division on a week by week basis to collect Going rewards. between New York and uh, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been traveling. It's been so good. We've been at ground zero yeah. twice for the virus. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to do that on a week by week basis for the next. I wish they would forever. just rename the virus in the division to coronavirus and just like it'll be like exactly like real life. There's moments like. I was playing a solo moment yesterday and they're just talking about like isolation and like what quarantine looked like in the game. And I'm like, motherfucker, that sounds exactly like what's happening right now. Like they're just, you're like going through like this abandoned hospital where there's like blood spattered all over the walls and like just, just supplies like lining the floor. You pick up like a recording and the recording is like, yeah, like my roommate started developing a cough and then they told her to go into isolation. So I had to go back home and I'm like, motherfuck, that sounds too real. I take a minute to take it in. What country was it that you mentioned uh, was releasing robo dogs to help enforce social Singapore. distancing? Yeah, the, the dogs from the division are just in parks in Singapore right now. Yeah, so yeah, the Black Tusk are in Singapore right the now. The Black Tusk. <laughs> That's so funny. Invaded mission in the park. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. What have you guys been up to though this past week? I've been watching a lot of TV as per usual. Um, more yeah, are you still on Peaky? Uh, are you still watching Peaky? Yeah, yeah? still watching Peaky. Um, been watching RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race. Um, been watching Dave finish the season finale, and I think that show is absolutely brilliant. I think it's one of the best comedies that I've watched in recent memory, for sure. What's it called? Dave. It's Little Dicky. It's just called Dave. Yeah, it's Little Dicky's show. I don't know if you're familiar with Little Dicky, but he's like a. I know who he yeah. is. Yeah. So it's his show that he created it's an fx show dude it it's it's really really good um yeah a friend of the show loves him matt holmes yeah yeah <laughs> matt holmes does love him um i started watching uh well i mean master chef australia is back on television so i've been uh cramming that as well daily really yeah. any fans of the show who know me know i love master chef australia but they changed the uh the format this year which is interesting but i'm i'm really i remember you were telling me this offline yeah, yeah they um they introduced three new judges and it's like all stars almost so it's anybody from seasons one to ten that got eliminated in the top 12 could apply for the show uh so it's like a tournament of the champs almost so it's different but i'm still really digging it so i'm watching that um and obviously the last dance I've been watching as well, which has been, uh, was been, it's been actually really great as someone who's not necessarily a huge fan of basketball. Right. Um, we could dive deep into it later. Yeah. We could, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit yeah, later. I have opinions now. on Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Fuck Scotty Pippen. Excited to talk about. He's a bitch. No, fuck. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Scotty Pippen is, is, is amazing. No, I, we, we can talk about this later. And we'll we, talk about it else? later. We're not going to get into it. This is a whole podcast in itself. And we're playing, I've been playing a lot of uh, Call of Duty as well, Warzone, trying out different squad formats to try and get a W. <laughs> Was that like a shout at someone or something? No, not at all. I've been playing I've okay. been playing with a lot of different people. Normally, I just run you, me, Kyle. And uh, I've been playing with a lot of different people varied, so... Uh, nice. Man. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. Otherwise, I've just been splitting my time between here and London, so it's been good. Yeah, that's good, man. Mm-hmm. How about you? What have you been up to? This past week, I what did I watch? I watched a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood finally, mm-hmm. 
which I thought was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought Brad Pitt. I mean, even Leo, like everyone, all the acting was just really good. I, I like, I don't like. I know people said they had some issues with it and had to rewatch it, but I don't know. I kind of liked it from just from the first watch. Um, I've been. What else have I been doing? I made pretty dope ass burgers, homemade burgers the other day. They were really good. That photo looked really you, good. You crisped them like yeah. perfectly around the edges. Yeah, I've been thinking about those burgers. Do you um do you put a like a metal bowl over them to let them steam a little bit first, and then you do you fry them? Do you ever have you ever tried that technique? No, I haven't tried. Try it. that. Like that's something that I do when I make them on the pan fried. You put the put a bowl over top, and it keeps the moisture in and makes them super juicy. Yeah, I'll try yeah. that. I do. I want to get a. I want to get like a like a something to push it down with the, uh, just so I don't have to use my uh, my spatula. But yeah, like a weight. Yeah, I made some homemade. Yeah, like I made some homemade smash burgers. I'm trying to think. Did I watch anything else? I don't think I watched anything else. But I picked up uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey from picking backing off of last week's podcast. How I mentioned I was probably going to buy it, so I did buy it, and I've like maybe played like thirty minutes of it so far because I've been too busy with the division. But I do want to dive deep into that game, like. I, just from playing the first like ten minutes of it, and like, it's way different than Assassin's Creed Two from when I played like over ten years ago or whatever, whenever it came out. So it was a little overwhelming, but um, I'm excited to play that. Other than that, yeah, I've been still going into work. So just frontline worker, look at you. That's it, man. That's it. Doing that. That's it. I ordered. Uh, it. I ordered custom face masks from a brand in Toronto, and they're too big for my face. Um, because I have t- they're too big. Because I have tiny ears, so there's too much slack on them. So I tried to use elastic bands to tighten it, but then it pulled my ears forward so much so that my mother and Courtney were dying of laughter, saying that my ear was going to get ripped off my head. Um, and <laughs> it got to the point where um where I was just like, fuck it. I just wore like, I have a, a smaller size one that uh, doesn't cover all of my face that I had to wear when I went uh, downtown yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Daniel, how about you, buddy? Uh, I feel like I'm in a routine now. So I've been doing whatever new content is coming out in the division on a week by week basis. Uh, and then I've been watching Scrubs. I've now passed you a little bit in terms of watching Scrubs again because I, I finally got Hulu to work with a VPN. And so I've been uh, watching that pretty much every opportunity. Just It's a great background show because I've seen it so many times. So it's easy to just kind of do other stuff um, while while watching it and, and just kind of skipping over episodes or, or just skipping parts and not really having to worry about major plot points. Um and then Final Fantasy VII really kind of captivated me this week. I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I've been talking to Gabby about it quite a bit. Uh, just like how much nostalgia is just coursing through me as I'm playing this game. Just like pivotal moments that I remember from playing Final Fantasy VII as a kid uh, on PlayStation 1. And just like the way that they've gone about recreating Midgar and, and all the major parts of the game. It's just so much fun. And it makes me kind of miss... Japanese uh, RPGs, which I don't really play all that often anymore, just because they've gotten so massive and they're just so jarring to tackle um, time-wise. But it's it's been yeah. fun. I've put about fifteen hours in, like over the course of the last week or so. 
um, two, two longer stretches of time. And then outside of that, just other stuff, like just reading and kind of a lot of what you guys have been doing. I've just been, you know, watching stuff that's updating on a week-by-week basis, like The Last Dance. Um, this week, uh, we talked about it because we recorded late this week, uh, last week. Sorry, this past week we recorded late. We recorded on Monday, but Clone Wars just ended. So I'm going to start watching Star Wars Rebels, which is a sequel to The Clone Wars, hopefully in the next little bit. And then Brockmire, a show that is criminally, criminally underrated is uh it just ended this week so i i watched the finale on thursday and it was uh a little bit not i don't know i didn't love season four shane i'm I'm sure when you watch it if you do watch it we can talk about it we get deliberate about it not a lot of people i know have even watched brockmire so it's kind of tough to chat about it with anybody really but um is it called brockmire or rockmire brockmire brockmire with a b B? yeah okay so some background on it it's a show It, it, used, it was a funnier die sketch that was done a long time ago with Hank Azaria, who you probably know from Hank Azaria, sorry, who you probably know from most commonly from Mo and from Chief Wiggum on The Simpsons. Um, he plays a, a baseball announcer who's disgraced and has had an entire like fallout of his career because essentially in, in the episode, in the funnier die sketch, it's established that his wife cheats on him. Um, with their neighbor and the show basically expands that idea into into four seasons of just pure comedy and, and just kind of an evaluation of where baseball is in this day and age um, and then in season four it kind of does a, a spoiler alert out there Shane I already spoiled this for you but spoil a spoiler alert for season four there's a significant time jump between 2020 and it jumps to 2030 so it's like this weird dystopian uh, version of Brockmire universe, which has a lot of like just crazy shit going on really where baseball is, you know, even worse shape than it is right now. But there were some good moments during the fourth season, but I'd say overall, like the charm of the first couple seasons being based in the small little town in Pennsylvania and him just trying to recreate um, his career and getting back to, to, to announcing on a major league level that, that gets kind of resolved in the first three seasons. So it's good. It's great. I would, I would, 100% check it out if you're a fan of baseball or if you just like to laugh because it, it is gut-bustingly funny. Like It's actually one of the most hilarious shows I think I've ever watched, um, and it's not very long, so you can you can plow through it pretty quickly. But that was my uh, my big send-off this week. So you guys mentioned you guys are both watching The Last Dance, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Already hearing some uh, fuck Scotty Pippins from Shane for some reason, but uh, whatever. I don't, I don't know why, but... What do you guys think of it so far? We're now in Canada. We're six episodes in, so there's four more to come out. I think for me, like I said before, I'm not necessarily a basketball fan. Like, And when I say that, it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy watching it. Like, I've really grown to enjoy watching it over the last season and like the random basketball nights at your house. And this has been really like eye-opening for me to see like such a dominant player in the time and get to know like a lot of the other players around it. So... The reason that yeah. I say, like, fuck Scottie Pippen is because of the move that he made, which I understand he's trying to protect his pay and do all that stuff. But then, like, from MJ's side where he's just like, man, you know, we let the team down because of Scottie Pippen. He could have done a surgery, but he didn't. He tried to use it like a bargaining chip. And then when you had Dennis Rodman coming in and they were started flowing together and then Scottie Pippen came back, then Dennis Rodman lost his flow again. 
And I like for me, that's just more of a humorous thing. I think Scottie Pippen seems extremely nice. I think he seems like the nicest guy in the documentary, and is like, like you're talking about like the interviews yeah, with him. Like he seems, he just seems nice. Like he just seems like a nice guy. They they were all ruthless though. They, the deepest voice known to yeah, man, by the yeah. way, <laughs> Mike Mazzotti. Look so out. it's so good. But uh, yeah, I re- I'm really enjoying. It. I really love documentaries, anyways, and I think like the 30 for 30s and the ESPN stuff is done really well. So this obviously is just a natural follow-up to it. I mean, it's had a big enough impact on me that when we were playing trios, we divided our team like Pippen, Jordan, and uh, and Rodman, right? Rodman. So, yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying it. I definitely would recommend it to anybody. I mean, I don't think I need to. I think pretty much everybody's watching it at this point. It's like the – it's like Tiger King – for people who have a semi-interest in sports. Yeah. Besides the the whole Pippin thing, I know like maybe from for myself, a lot of the episodes might not feel might feel like a blur at, at this point. Does anything stand out to you? To me, um I just think the like seeing the global impact he had, I think for me as well the branding episode was huge where they talked the one with the Mikey. Yeah, where he talked about how he wanted to be on Adidas. And then right. Adidas couldn't support him. And then he went to Converse. And then he went to Nike. And like, if I was Adidas and I'm looking at the impact that Michael Jordan had on sneakers, I would be kicking myself. <laughs> like, you had this. But at the same time, I don't think they would have been able to do the same sort of thing, right? Like, I don't think it would have had the same the impact. impact. Exactly. And same outcome. To see like somebody who's so competitive and relentless in every aspect of life, including like branding when he was at the Olympics and he blocks the Reebok logo with the flag is like, yeah, that's so indicative and such a, like that to me is like the devil is in the details and that detail is there. That's there says everything to me about Michael Jordan. Like it's, it, <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Daniel? Um, I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. So the thing, I think the thing with me is like, I missed, I missed Michael Jordan by like maybe three years. Like I saw MJ, I was lucky enough to see Michael Jordan play live, but it was on his uh, farewell tour when he was with the Wizards. My mom took me to the game and it was the first basketball game I had ever been to. Oh, wow. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I did get to see him one last time. It was very brief. I know he was injured a lot during his Wizard years, but it was the first basketball game I ever got to. And I think about it constantly because even at the time, I didn't realize I was going to see Michael Jordan. I knew who Michael Jordan was, but you don't really recognize the legacy until you kind of grow up. Do you recollect how old you were? Sorry? Do you recollect how old you were at this? Well, time? it was it was during his farewell season, which would have been two thousand one. So I would have been nine or ten years old. I wasn't I wasn't very old. Okay, but I, I did watch basketball a lot. I was a basketball fan. Obviously, I knew who Michael Jordan was, but like I wasn't I wasn't wearing Michael Jordan sneakers at that point in time or anything like that. Like I was right. I was still just kind of learning about basketball. So, but I I was lucky enough to have seen him. But I missed the whole like you never got to see prime. I never got to see prime. Uh, MJ? Prime Bulls. You never got to see Prime MJ. Um, everything had really happened as I was growing up. And when I was like young, young, when I was like maybe five or six years old, the sport that was always like embedded in everything that I did was baseball. Um, so I, I remember a lot more of that throughout the 90s than I do basketball. Um, but the documentary is great because it's just, it's illuminating. Like I think it's not, 
to me, it's a it's a very direct take on what's happening. Like it's it's very much about Michael Jordan um, overall, like the underlying message. But it's not afraid to paint Michael Jordan in a villainous way when he needs to be painted in a in a villainous light, which I think is refreshing. Right. Um, because if you look at it, like I'm going to compare it to Tiger King, just because it's another documentary I've watched recently, is Tiger King almost, you know, is, is, is steering you toward cheering or being pro Joe exotic, even though Joe exotic is a complete piece of shit and doesn't deserve really the level of empathy that maybe the, the people that made that documentary were aiming for with him. Right. They tried to vilify Carol and other characters, but in reality, everybody that was on that show was just horrible. Um, so I think the last dance is doing a really good job of walking that line and trying to give everybody's perspective, Pippins, Rodman's, um, MJ's magics, like everybody that's even participating in the show, Isaiah Thomas, obviously with the whole dream team mm-hmm. thing, it kind of gives him a perspective mm-hmm. and an outlet to speak maybe in a way that he hasn't spoken before. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. You're just kind of getting to, to live through the, the stuff that I knew happened in MJ's career, but I really never got to see it documented the way that the last dance is really laying it out. Um, and it's answering some questions for me, like, you know, why did, um, why did the Bulls really break up in, in seemingly, uh, you know, a period of time where they probably could have been champions for another two or three runs had they stayed together. So it's been interesting reading about, you know, Phil Jackson's philosophy on, um, losing a, a team or a coach losing the room after a seven year period, which is one of the understated reasons that Jerry Krause actually was okay with, you know, Phil leaving the Bulls in 98 after, after the last dance, after their last championship. Um, so I'm excited to see how kind of that unfolds on the show in the last four episodes. And then the yeah. other thing, yeah, is Pippen just learning a little bit more about, you know, what his contract situation was like and, you know, where his frustration with Jerry Krause um, started. And, and, you know, for, in my opinion, Pippen was, he's, he's, you know, He's the one B to MJ's one A. MJ says it on the documentary that, you know, without Pippen, they probably don't win some of those championships, right? So I think that that's really, really yeah. important um, to consider him and consider how important he was for that team. And then on the flip side, for like, sure. how underpaid he was while he was doing all of that. He's probably the <laughs> second best player in the league. And he was getting paid yeah. pennies next to MJ, right? So Yeah. He was like the hundredth something, like, on the on the on like the in the NBA like wherever in the NBA yeah, yeah and he was like maybe the fifth best player in the league they were saying like that's crazy man. arguably yeah arguably yeah. like yeah top five talent currently in the league but yeah I, I'm I'm in the same page as, as both of you guys I'm absolutely loving it so I know it's most of it got, got leaked but I'm still um, watching it like weekly with with Kara and we're like we're labeling them MJ Mondays. Um, so yeah, man, like the whole episode with the, with the all-star game, I think it was at the beginning of episode five, when you see like a young Kobe Bryant got, it got me to me a little bit, um, just watching them like behind the scenes in the locker room, talk about him in like already in such a high regard, like this kid who's like first time in all-star game, second year in the league. And they're already talking about this guy. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Like how. I know they say there's all these like montages of like Kobe and MJ and like how their movement on the court is like exactly the same, but then they even like, they even talk the same. It's, it's insane. Um, I really enjoyed the, the dream team episode. The, the, the practice they had was really cool to watch. Like them talk about it. It was and then like when uh, Magic Johnson was talking shit to to uh, Michael, and then he just went off and won the game for them. 
it's literally like because I love basketball. It's literally like a dream right now. So it's filling that void and it's making me miss sports immensely. Um, watching watching these docs, uh, these episodes weekly. But yeah, man, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying these episodes. I think two, for sure. Two things that makes me want to re- be able to like go through again is is one. Um, like I think just like recounting the nineties in terms of like sports, just because of how many significant changes, um, happened within that period of time, like not only with, uh, uh, MJ in basketball, but like some of the most iconic figures in hockey and baseball and other sports, like you had Gretzky, you had, um, yeah. you had, uh, you know, Ken Griffey was in the nineties, you had, um, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, late, like late eighties, like late eighties. Yeah, you could cover yeah. a lot of ground on like significant sports ground within that that ten year period. So it just makes me think about like how many documentaries that could cover such a wide range of topics that I would be so interested in watching. The one that really stands out to me that I love to watch that I remember happening was the home run race in two thousand in the early two thousands when everybody and their and their fathers were on steroids. And Barry Bonds, yeah. uh, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa were hitting like three fucking bombs a night, just like 70 home runs in a season. And it was just like if Sosa hit a home run, McGuire hit two. And like the the last part of that season or like the home run race ended on the last weekend of the season, Sammy Sosa hit two runs, two home runs to take the lead in, in a game or something like that. And then Mark McGuire came out and hit three in, in three games and ended up winning the title. Like just crazy shit was happening in like the, the, the nineties and then in the early two thousands. So if they did like a massive documentary, about like just all significant sports events of the nineties, like that'd be so, that'd be so cool. There'd be so much ground to cover. I feel like it'd be a very monstrous feat if someone did that. Yeah. They'd be crazy. It'd be, cool. it'd be crazy. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, one other thing that stood out for me was in the, the episode where they introduced introduce, uh, Kukoc, um, the sheer hate that MJ and and uh, Pippen. Scotty Pippen had for Jerry Krause was just like so evident that some guy they never even met just because Jerry Krause was like stated in a, an interview or whatever said – that this guy's the future of the Bulls. They wanted to stick it to him was just insane to me, man. Like they just did not like him at all. MJ, and like every chance, every chance they had to like shit on him, they did. MJ kind of defends him because I think there. If I'm not, if I'm rec- recalling it, is when they met at the Olympics or they met overseas. Pippen said he didn't have the ability to play in the NBA, and then MJ was like. Uh, it's maybe going a little bit too far. Like he's young oh, or whatever, no. right? But for right, sure, for sure. Jerry Krause dynamic though, like you could feel it from the first episode. Like when MJ takes a crack at him for like taking, those are his pills to like stay short or overweight or something like that. I'm like, man, that's your fucking yeah. boss, dude. Like how are you yeah. doing that? Like It was, it was I, I, to I, smoke I, a cigar, I think. He asked Michael Jordan for a cigar after they won the trophy. And he says, no, I can't give you a cigar. They'll stunt your growth. It's going to stunt your growth. Oh your my God. Yeah. Could you imagine talking to your employer like that? <laughs> the, but I, like the whole thing with, with Kukuch or whatever his name is, Kukuk or whatever. When Kukoc, yeah, <laughs> Tony, let's go, let's go, Tony, yeah, yeah, they cuckled him, that's for sure. He got to watch other guys slam in his basket, bro, that's for goddamn sure. But yeah, yeah, Jordan says he's playing against twelve of the best in the NBA, but like that's such a ruthless dynamic to almost kill this guy's career 
just because something someone you hated said like they just wanted to embarrass him but they do that throughout the the, the yeah. documentary they do it to everyone they were trying to do it to uh to um, thing before he came um what's his name uh dyes his hair scott not oh my god rodman? Yeah, rodman like when rodman was playing on detroit they hated him uh, they wanted to destroy him right they wanted to yeah but that, that was a little different the reason why they wanted to like show up Tony Kukoc was because Jerry Krause said he was going to be the future of the Bulls. Because essentially, I don't know if they really specified it in the, in the episode, but he was already drafted by the Bulls at that point. But he was stashed in the in the Euro League. He was just chilling over there, waiting for like waiting for him to say, "Yeah, I'm going to come to America now to play in the NBA." So they had that was the first time they ever met him, right? And that's why uh, Scotty and uh, MJ were was telling the rest of the team, "Like, hey, like that guy's ours. We'll guard him. Leave him to us." You know, so. That was the reason why they were so rough on him, like defensively, which was which was crazy. But yeah, overall, like super super good doc so far. Excited to finish the rest of the last four episodes. We'll spend uh, um, we'll spend some time talking about it later. We can get into kind of the first six episodes, but there are four episodes left. So let's like, I want to yeah. I want to lot this for a bit. That way we can come back to it when it's all over and and give our complete takes sure. on the whole thing. But. Two more episodes out tomorrow on ESPN Plus in the States and then on Netflix on Monday. And then the finale will be uh, next next week on Sunday, so next weekend. So you'll hear a little bit more about it um, once the series is wrapped up. So the other big thing this week, uh, I was looking forward to it. We, If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, this was something that we've been talking about back, till, back from like E3 2017, 2018. Um, but it had to do with Xbox, um, you know, refocusing on games. And this was an event that I think, you know, the three of us were excited for. We were actually considering, you know, live streaming our reactions to it. Thank God we didn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but we were excited to see, you know, a reveal. It seemed like Microsoft was really starting to, to push and it has been for the last little bit. I'll give them credit, pushing toward making games really the focal point of everything that they're doing at the Xbox brand. Um, and they've done some great work over the course of the last couple of years with first party, you know, with, with, uh, the initiative, with acquiring Ninja theory, you know, a lot of the, 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 in-house development really stepping up so that they can rival Sony and Nintendo on that front. Um, this was supposed to be a big kind of reveal, you know, the marketing and stuff like that was talking about how it was going to change the game and, you know, get ready. And then what we essentially saw was a, uh, sizzle reel of trailers of third party games, not a lot of which actually had much gameplay, um, which turned out to be pretty disappointing. Pointing. I think that's been the unanimous kind of take across the board. I don't know how you guys feel, but I definitely left it thinking maybe there was one or two games in there that I was interested in, in finding a little bit more about, but overall, blah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. They they totally set the wrong expectations with the, the way they were tweeting about it and stuff like that. But there were some highlights. Um, I think the one game that stood out to me the most was... Uh, the first game they showed, the Bright Memory Infinite. Yep. Um, the, and then they mentioned it was developed by one dude, and <laughs> I was like, "What?" Um, for like for for one guy to be developing a game that looked like that, I mean, it looked pretty good in terms of like, I'm not sure how much of it was actually gameplay, but it looked interesting enough. Um, and then the other game that stood out to me was uh, Call of the Sea. It was that like. Uh, 
when they started the trailer, it, it kind of reminded you of Sea of Thieves in yeah. a way, where it was like real, all the First green and person, stuff. yeah. Yeah, so Call of the Sea was essentially, I believe, it was like a, the vibe I got from it was like The Witness, like a puzzle type of adventure game, which I, I that's totally up my alley in terms of games that I like to play. So those are the two games that stood out to me the most, besides obviously Assassin's Creed, which they didn't really show much of, but overall, yeah, it wasn't very... It wasn't very good. Aaron Greenberg from from Xbox actually like tweeted out an apology. Yeah, so. But I would just be ashamed to be even Jeff Keeley being associated with that, like building it up, sending this all out, and then that's kind of what comes down. I feel like that's a slight against him. I feel like him associating himself with it could like, especially when you see the quality of what he normally associates himself with. This was just a miss. There was no gameplay. They say everything is in engine, which is great. But I mean, I've seen better cinematics, anyways, in the in the Xbox engine for the Halo stuff that was made by Blur. Like they've been putting out quality cinematics for a long time. So I mean, for this, and why was every game like a horror game? What is going yeah. on? <laughs> that was the theme. <laughs> every game is going to give you nightmares. Yeah, it's like the summer of <laughs> Xbox. Oh, here's forty different horror like nightmare material games and one crazy ass Japanese game, which is uh, surprisingly, I was like, Oh, that looks, I'm down for that. Like that looks cool to me. Like just the most absurd absurd Yakuza game. I'm surprised that's the one that actually stood out to you out of all the games. You were like, this looks sick. (laughs) What the fuck? I'm here for this. He fights like a giant crab man. Like there's like at one point in the trailer, it's just confirmed uh, day one game as well, launch title. Yeah, but also I did like, how are you going to push this as something to push your brand new platform forward and do literally nothing that sells me on it? There was yeah. nothing outside outside Assassin's Creed. There was like no real like heavy but hitters. Even with Assassin's Creed, I didn't feel like there was anything that made me go like, oh shit, I really need to get on this next generation. Like there was, there was one. Okay, so the first game that they showed off, whatever that game was, uh, Bright Memory, yeah. I think it was called. No, that's the one. Yeah, Bright, Bright like Memory Infinite. Yeah. yeah, it looked, it looked pretty cool. I, so I think the biggest thing is, is we, I would, I'm expecting another big visual fidelity jump because that's been the case with every generation so far. But I do think eventually the growth in visual fidelity is just going to become less and less generation to generation. And it's going to be finer details like uh, ray tracing, lighting being lighting, more significantly. Yeah. Um, and I think we saw some of that in the trailer, but again, like these are first gen. The other thing to mention here is a lot of these are brand new IPs. So they're from developers that really haven't had a chance to, to have a sustainable IP over a long period of time. I think the most tenured thing that we probably saw in here was Assassin's Creed. And then there's quite a, a few Yakuza games as well, and, and, and Ma- the, Madden was in there as well. Madden and uh, wasn't there um, Nakami Bandai game or whatever that that developer is? Bandai Namco. Yeah, Bandai Namco wasn't that? Didn't they show con- like this? I don't think there was a lot of really indie games or first steps to the market besides the Chinese single band developer game that we saw here. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think like. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just one of those things where you know when a generation starts, the, there's a lot of new IP. I'm I'm glad that 
I, I will preface it by saying I'm glad there's a lot of new IP because it does show that maybe this generation will start off in a little bit of a different footing than the last one did because I think one of the defining moments of PS4 and Xbox One was we were seeing just remaster and remaster and remaster for the first two years. So it is yeah. it is refreshing to see that the first games that are being shown for the next generation are really original ideas, whether they're going to be you know great fleshed out ideas that are going to showcase the hardware is, is yet to be determined, but at least there's an attempt. And I, and I like that you know, I'm sure we're going to see remasters of games um, via smart delivery or, you know, upgraded versions of previous generation games. But I'm really hoping that this generation doesn't start and doesn't seem to be starting on the foot of just making games that are coming out now. And then that's going to create um, the pipeline of games that we're going to see for for PS5 and for Xbox Series X in the first, you know, year, two years. Right. So that if there's a silver lining in all of this, I think that's one of them. Um and then I think the other thing is the games didn't look drastically different from anything that we could play right now. But uh, there was one game that kind of stood out to me, which was The Ascent, which was the cyberpunky looking. Uh, I mean, all of them kind of had some. The top down game? Yeah, the top down kind of Diablo-esque looking game. Um, yeah, that game looked cool. It looks cool. And it's uh, it's apparently it's an Xbox and PC exclusive I was reading. So it will be. I think it's timed exclusive. Yeah, yeah it might be a timed exclusive, but I am I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that for sure um to to what you that with you to what yeah i'll play that let's do it man every tuesday <laughs> you're my new gaming buddy oh someone yeah someone else doesn't play with me every um i, I don't know every... who someone else is <laughs> i'm teasing you. <laughs> every game did seem to have like these i made the joke when we were watching the event but like it seemed like it was just sci-fi ridley scott circa like 1980 to 1987 yeah it was just like horror and sci-fi and cyberpunk and like cyberpunk elements and like a horror style game. And that's really all we kind of saw. So um, I hope the next generation isn't just inundated with horror and, 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 uh, and terrifying games. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, everyone's probably going to want to capitalize on the cybertrunk train because that cyberpunk is coming out. So I think the best I'm part down for about it. that whole thing, like my last thought on it, the best part was the sense of humor that they used with the design of the console where the presenter the guy yes. the, virtual, the, background. the background with the Xbox fridge. Yeah, that was cool. It was, it was a good way to start the conference yeah. or I guess the stream, whatever you want to call from it. There. Yeah, all downhill from there. No, I to- I totally agree with both with both of you. One hundred percent. But at the same time, they're also they will, they also said they're going to be doing one of these things, hopefully better than this one. But every month until I guess for the summer, you got one. So that was the May. We still have June and July. They said specifically the one in July is first party games. So I'm assuming the J- July one will be like the fucking just well, they, home run after home run after home they run. They said we're going to see Halo. Yeah, J- July July is the slated one for. Like all their first party games, and they and they and they, I'm pretty sure they said all the all the companies that they all the studios that they acquired are all working on something. Yeah, they they so. said they're gonna the studios they acquired are gonna bring something to market. I don't yeah. want this to come across as a criticism, but I do think it's important to just look at the two kind of paths that Sony and Microsoft have taken in terms of presenting their plans for the next generation. So you know, on one hand, Microsoft has revealed the console, has talked about you know games um has set the expectation that halo is going to be coming this this fall um we have an idea you know the 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 tarp is off in terms of seeing what is under the 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 surprise of xbox uh, series x 
PS5 right. is still for the only thing that's been revealed is the controller. And then we had an awkward YouTube press conference where they talked about the ramifications of, of Ram, no pun intended. Uh, and all of the improvements they were making to things like SSD and stuff like that. So two very, very different paths that they've taken. Cause this started Xbox series X started in December of last year. I think it was video game awards. It was revealed what it was going to look like. And it's June almost. And we still haven't seen the PlayStation five. We've seen a controller and that's pretty much it. Right. So I think one yeah. thing, I think one thing that we might see with Sony is that it might be a very, very dense news cycle where we, you know, once we see PlayStation five, then we're going to see a whole bunch of stuff come out and it's just going to be that bubble of news. Whereas Xbox has taken the path of like of dropping kind of breadcrumbs throughout the year, um, and again, I don't mean it as a criticism because I personally I like having you know staggered news because you get something all the time. But I also do like that that there's that appeal of having everything kind of presented to you and knowing what to expect. So I'm glad that we're getting that from from you know one of them and maybe not both of them. Um, but it's just interesting because they're just taking a very very different approach here. Um, and I think Xbox has a lot more ground to make up this generation than I think Sony does. Sony really just has to kind of, you know, show the games that are, people already love, the Horizons, the Spider-Mans, the God of Wars. I'm sure they have new IP as well since they're constantly investing in new IP. But I, I think June and, and July, like the, the, the depths of summer are really where we're going to start to see the stuff that we want to see. And there's going to be, you know, this dictees of, of, of series X is going to be over finally. And we're going to actually look at it and go, okay, this is what we know we're going to see with Microsoft for the next, you know, eight and a year, two years. Right. Yeah. Speaking of PlayStation, I was actually looking at, apparently there's like, I forget who reported it, but there's already reports of like, like pricing. They're saying there's there, there's rumors saying that the PS5 might cost a hundred dollars more than the Xbox Series X. I mean, I don't love that because our dollars in the in the crapper right now. But uh, <laughs> but they launched they launched the PS3 and it was significantly more expensive than the PlayStation than the Xbox um, one. Uh, sorry, the Xbox 360 at the time. And they started off relatively slow, but I think yeah. if they have the right games and the games that people want, like I don't think PS3 was what held PS3's price point is what held PS3 back from being successful. I think it was the lack of games. So it'll be interesting if they do come in at a higher price point. But you know, their starting catalog is Horizon, Spider-Man, Gears of War within the first twelve month period, like there might be people that are willing to bite the bullet and spend the extra money just so that they can play the games that we don't know if they're going to be available on PS4 yet, but presumably will be for PS5. So I think it might be a little bit different in that regard. But yeah, no, for sure. But, but also, Xbox is building up in a lot of ways with price. I think they've always been, you know, save for the Xbox Series, sorry, Xbox One X, they've always been the one that has come in with a better price point um, at launch. I think for me, I'm wondering how much this whole COVID time is going to impact what the release slate is for some of these games and what that looks like for them. So like yeah. maybe games that are planning to have launch or play games that were planning to have in the first 12 months, they're not going to have that in their catalog anymore for both systems. So I'm wondering if that's going to like how this is going to affect that as well. Yeah. Even though I've, I listened to an interview with Phil Spencer and he was more concerned about software opposed to hardware. So, cause everyone's working from home. 
all the developers are working from homes and they're adapting to the challenges of I guess working from home, what they're, which they're obviously not used to. I, I, I like, I, I'd be really sad if we don't get Halo this this holiday. I'd <laughs> be so sad. We're getting Halo at launch, dude. I'm calling it. We're getting. Yeah, we're getting, that's. We're getting Infinite at launch for sure. Yeah, it's been. When did I really hope so? Man. When did five come out? Too long ago, man. Nah, 2016. Yeah, so we're getting we're gonna get it at launch. That's four years. And then we're going to line all our fridges up at your house, Gabby, for a land party. Sorry. 2015. We have to land party somewhere. Yeah, yeah we can land party. We can land party. Social distance? No, it, it should be done by that time. I, I don't I really hope it's done by that time. Yeah. Maybe. Can we land party at Ortega's house? Yeah, if we have to social distance, it has to be at Ortega's house because the dude has 40 rooms. We'll just have to take one of his shoe closets. Yeah. Yeah, I'll turn my shoes into a TV. Yeah, that'd, be that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, last topic that we'll talk about just before we end for for this week. Um, I I have a question for you guys. If there was okay. an IP that you could bring back, because we we talked about third party really, and the first party is obviously where all of us are really primarily focused and want to see something. Aside okay. from the IPs that you know that are coming back, so Halo, Forza, Gears, the ones that we know that there's going to be next chapters to, if there was a franchise for PlayStation and for Xbox, one of each, that you could bring back this next generation, what would it be? So like, you're saying specific to the actual, like, not third party, you're talking about like first party games? First party games, yes. If there was a franchise have, you wanted to see them come back. Already. I already know mine. For both? Yeah. Okay. Gabby? I have to think about it. So Shane, you you guys go first. My mine would be Twisted Metal on the PlayStation. And okay. Was that a first party game? Yeah. Yeah. And it, who made it? I don't know, man. Why are you quizzing me? Google it. I'm, David, I'm googling. David, David Jaffe, who was behind uh, the original God of War trilogy, uh, was behind Twisted Metal. So nine eight nine studios. So I'm going yeah. Twisted Metal for PlayStation, and I'm going Conquer for Xbox. Okay. Conquer? Yeah. You ever played so the last, Conquer? You ever played the Conquer last... series? Conquer's bad for no, A and stuff like that. It's from like the era of like uh, Donkey Kong 64 and Gex and Banjo-Kazooie and stuff like that. It's like an adult. That's a rare yeah, game. it's an adult-themed squirrel game. And Rare's owned by Microsoft. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. They launched the the Conquer came out with like um, almost like a uh, a battlefield type game. Twisted Metal is a good pick. I I I really like Twisted Metal games back. Last then. Twisted Metal game came out twenty twelve PS three. It was a reboot. And when was the last Conquer game that came out? Uh, it was N sixty four. No, there was one that came out after that. It was like a really yeah. It was like um. A war game. Was it live and reloaded? Yes. That was for Xbox? Yeah. Yes. That must have been. I think that was 2004. For Xbox? Or live and reload. I've never even 2005. heard of this game. It was yeah. 15 years ago. 2005, yeah. I used to, I played that game. The, 96% Google review, yeah, bro. It was, it was a great game, dude. It was Remastered like a- for Xbox One X if you want to play it. It's like. Oh, I, I have the, the rare replay. Is it on there? Uh, yeah, it's sure. on there. It's on there. 
<laughs> Conquer's technically, Bad Fur Day. Technically, there was a Conquer release in 2015 for Microsoft HoloLens called Young Conquer. No, that doesn't count. I'm not counting that. <laughs> you, you go, Ortega. Um, I think for PlayStation, I want to see the Jack and Daxter series. I know it's a long shot, but I love the Jack and Daxter games. It's kind of the beginning of Naughty Dog building um, trilogies the way that they have with Uncharted and with um, The Last of Us if it turns into a trilogy. But I really, really love yeah. the Jack and Daxter games. So Jack 4, which was rumored for a long time. Um, Naughty Dog had actually talked about doing concept uh, art and work for Jack 4 prior to deciding that they were actually going to make The Last of Us. So hopefully there's a distinct possibility that that Jack 4 maybe comes to some sort of you know reboot or something like that. But that would be very exciting to see, especially with all they've learned. And then on the Microsoft side, um, I want to see Alan Wake. Um, I don't know if that really counts as a first party title because technically Remedy did it. Um, but it was published by Microsoft Game Studios. The first game in the series came out for Xbox 360. Um, it, it, I loved it. I thought it was great. It, it really kind of wasn't the conventional horror game. It, it really focused on like light and using a flashlight to uh, disperse like light fearing enemies. So it, it wasn't just like a, a, a Resident Evil knockoff. It felt very different. Um, and then yeah. they never went back to it. So there was some DLC that was released. I know when we were watching the xbox one of the xbox reveals i had i had screamed alan wake because i thought it was coming back not screamed but i was very excited um and then it turned right. out it wasn't it so it was i think quantum, that that's a series that would like quantum to see break back. right i think quantum break was people were saying is in the same universe mm-hmm. as alan wake and they i said think it i think was, it was control i think it might have been control when it got announced that i thought would have been alan wake control is the, the one that they made after that yeah. one right yeah quantum break but quantum break is the game that people say is in the same universe as Alan Wake, I believe. And they say that it's like supposed to be a spiritual successor to the game. I th- I thought I heard that. Like I thought I heard that and read that because it is by remedy as well. Um, yeah. But- it does have a lot of Easter eggs in it. I'm just reading about it really quickly. I, I played the beginning of quantum break, but quantum I, break I couldn't get great. through it. It was, it was not boring. Yeah. But Alan Wake was great as yeah, 100%. That was a great game. Did you ever play the dead space series? I love Dead Space, yeah. That's another game. When you say like playing with a uh, flashlight, that, that makes me... Th- I've never screamed so loud in my life <laughs> in a video game. As I have Dead never Space. played them. I've never played Alan Wake or Dead the Space. Problem with, the problem with Dead Space is that the first Dead Space was... It seemed like the creative um, steering wheel was given to the developers. And then by the time the three rolled around... It wasn't. It was like daylight outside, and it was a co-op game. So, like that idea of like isolation, just wasn't there for Dead Space Three. Yeah. But Dead Space One and Two were amazing. Like they're Petrifying. excellent, excellent games. Yeah, Petrifying. If you have hard problems, do not play Dead Space. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the studio that made them is now defunct. Visceral um, Games. Is it, yeah, is it Visceral an EA studio? Yeah, but Visceral Games was uh, was disbanded either last year or the year before. So unless they throw it to another EA developer, which I would not push push uh, past EA. Um, yeah. But they, I don't believe they're around anymore, unfortunately. No, they're not. They're closed. Uh, they Their last game was Battlefield Hardline, which was actually another great game. Hardline was a good game. Yeah, yeah twenty seventeen. They're defunct, unfortunately. But I can't still owned by EA. So maybe we see a Dead Space 
um, they they teased apparently a remaster on their earnings call. So my guess would be Mass Effect because I know there's been a lot of demand for the Mass Effect trilogy as a remaster. But Dead Space could be in there as well. They kind of existed in the same time. We should play them, Gabby. I can't believe you haven't played them, man. You're going to shit your goddamn pants. I've never played yeah, them, You yeah. will shit your pants, dude. I can't remember. Do you like horror movies, Gabby? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind them. Okay. So, yeah, you should play them. Yeah. Dude, it's... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's actually, it's so good. The first... You've watched Alien, yes? The first Alien movie? Yeah. Okay, so it feels like that in a lot of ways. Like, it's just like... the It's the monster in the dark that you don't know what you're looking at, but like... It's so suspenseful. And then Isaac, the main character in the game, looks like such a goddamn badass when you build up his armor. It's so good. <laughs> One of the mechanics of the game is you have to cut off, like you use like basically a cutter gun that will um, like basically cut pe- the, the aliens' limbs off and then they crawl towards you. So you're basically spending most of this game trying to like sever people's heads, legs, and arms in order to slow them down from approaching you on this ship. It's crazy. It's so good. It's such a good game, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All three or just the first one? I, For I, me, one, I and two. one and two. Yeah, I didn't play three. Three was uh, was a lot more co-op-y. I, I did play through okay. it, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't the same suspense level as the first one, unfortunately. I, I can't think of a PlayStation franchise... I can't think of one. Siphon filter. So calm. Was it? Siphon filter was multi-platform. Was it oh, not? It was, a, it was a PlayStation exclusive. Are you sure? Yeah, buddy, Hundo. I'm gonna ring off all the ones I can think of really quickly. You ready? Yeah. Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Siphon filter, So calm. Everybody's golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, sorry, I, I don't care. I, I don't really care for any of those games. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Tenchu, but then I found out it was multi-platform. Damn! But it was exclusive for a while. Resistance? Did you play the Resistance? What games? about Bust the Groove? I, I didn't. I didn't care for Resistance. What about Parappa the Rapper? Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> I have one for Xbox. It was one of my first games I ever played. I'm pretty sure it was a launch title with the OG big ass Xbox Mech Assault. Yeah, no, Mech Assault was on PC before that. Mm-hmm. No, but it was still a, it's still an Xbox exclusive game that came out. Yeah, but it was like Mech Assault Lone Wolves, I think, or something like that. Oh, I have one. No, Mech Assault was the game that came out on Xbox, dude. Oh, yeah, Mech Assault Xbox and then Mech Assault 2 Lone Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, Mech Assault. I remember having so much fun playing Mech Assault at my friend's house because I never had the OG Xbox. Oh. Okay, my, two more for you, Gabby. Yeah, Little Big Xbox Planet. With that. Little Big Planet. Infamous also hasn't had a release in quite some time. Yeah, but I haven't even played any of the Infamous games. I don't care for them. Okay. Um, Little Big Planet. I'll say Little Big Planet. Well, yeah, I'm what, okay console, with that. what console did Little Big Planet come out on last? Play, there's PS3. A, there's a PlayStation, no, PS4. There's yeah, a PlayStation 4, but it, there's and a I PlayStation 4. Defunct. Let me, let totally, me, let me, fi- totally bomb, let me finish. It's not made by Media Molecule because they were focused on Dream. So I don't count Little Big Planet 3 as like, as made by the original developers of that game. You mean Little Big Planet 4? No, three. Little Big Planet three. Yeah, but Little Big Planet four came out. No, it didn't. There's only a Little Big Planet three. I'm pretty sure. 
uh, or someone made it in a game. I just searched Little Big Planet Four, and it came up. Yeah, those are no Little Big Planet Three. Made... Little Big Planet Three was the last release in uh, in November twenty fourteen for PlayStation Four. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. you do have to count it as a Little Big Planet game. It actually got really great ratings: four point two out of five <laughs> and four point six out of five. So <laughs> it's got a 79 on Metacritic compared to the, uh, to the first two, which were both sitting well above 80. Yeah. I mean, that's still a good, that's still good. It's defunct. It's defunct. It's not, it was, it's defunct. dude, it was a it's PlayStation defunct. hits. It made it onto PlayStation hits. <laughs> yeah, if you make it to the hits, if you make it to hits though, that, that means that you're generally not a good game. Oh my God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually don't believe that. Yeah. I know you don't. Believe Some of my favorite games are on PlayStation. Yeah. Hits, so. Grand Theft Auto that's 1. fair. Little Big Planet doesn't have it's not, is not a defunct. defunct. Game. It's been yeah, only six years. Man, I don't know then, man. Knack. <laughs> That's less defunct, dude. There was a game like two years ago. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just pulled up a bunch of PlayStation what games. About, Little Big uh, Planet man. was so good. What about Steep? Steep? That never came out. <laughs> Steep on Switch. Well, that was multi-platform. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have one. I don't have one. Banjo, Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie is is an Xbox game, dude. Spyro. No, because you can. Spyro Banjo- is technically multi-platform now. Shitty. Isn't it Banjo Kazooie? What's the game that you play in the latest Uncharted game? You play the game in the game on a PlayStation. You mean talk about uh, Crash Bandicoot? Crash Bandicoot. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, Banjo Kazooie is a uh, is a rare property. Yeah. What about a new Crash Bandicoot? Nah, I don't care for Crash Bandicoot either. Fuck you, dude. You you have bad taste. (laughs) Vigilante 8. Does that count? (laughs) God, get out of here, dude. You probably want another Final Fantasy game. What's the worst PlayStation franchise that you can think of? Vigilante 8 was the same as what's Metal, dude. What's the worst... What's the worst one that you can think of? What's the worst game that you can think... What's a game that you don't want to come back ever? Nino Kuni. <laughs> I mean, the latest Nino Kuni wasn't made by the original developers in partnership. Yeah, so I don't count it. It was. We sh- Studio Ghibli just wasn't a part of it, but yeah, the developers so were the same. It. Cool, man. That's funny. Man, I don't know what else I don't care to come back. Leisure Sweet Larry. How about that? <laughs> all right this conversation has run its course i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it short gabby think about something by the next uh playstation reveal dude there isn't anything yeah, bro. well What's you have it? another week to think about your answer so i, did, I picked i picked i picked vigilante 8 yeah i reject that that's not okay well, why i feel like it <laughs> what just vigilante 8 just pick the rap of the rapper guys. is that a series Vigilante 8, or is it the 8th Vigilante game? This was the game, dude. Oh, that game is fucking it... defunct, dude. It's been 1999. I saw Michael Jordan play basketball live after this game came out. <laughs> it came out for N64, apparently, too. So I guess it doesn't count. Do Parappa the Rappa. Parappa the Rappa. Easy, dude. That game is lit. What was the last Parappa the Rappa game? 20 years ago. And then they remastered it. <laughs> <laughs> count it. I'll count it. I'll count it. It's good. Parappa the uh, rapper. No, it's rapper. Oh yeah, it's rapper. Fuck. <laughs> Last release, two thousand seven for the PSP. 
Damn. No, they released one for PS4. I have the remaster. Yeah, the remaster, but I'm saying original game, original game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crack, cool. crack, crack the egg into the bull. All right. Well, then. Did you guys know that there was a Parappa the Rappa television series from 2001 to 2002? No. No, I no. didn't know that. Well, we'll watch that, and then we'll have a review. One season, though. It's got a bunch of original songs. Oh, that's lit. Letty. A rapper, the rapper. And on that note, I would say. On that note, uh, big week for nothing in particular. There's really nothing <laughs> eventful happening this week. In a couple of days, Jeff Keighley is going to announce a, a reveal a new game. So that should be exciting. Yeah, hopefully, it'll be good. Sure hopefully it'll be it's not a third party game. It's going to be full of gameplay for full sure. Full gameplay. Full of gameplay. Watch it be amazing, and we all just just come back next week and we're like, man, we're 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 assholes. It's probably not going to yeah. happen, but um, yeah, nothing really eventful. Nothing on the docket this week, unfortunately. Oh, actually, there is one thing on the docket this week. I can't believe I forgot about this. This is how we're going to leave off the podcast. Is there anything that you guys want to add? No. Okay. Wrap us up, buddy. Okay. So this week on Thursday-ish, probably Thursday dead on, um, we will be releasing our first podcast on the Slice Network that is not our main Slice podcast, which you have been listening to uh, very no, uh, 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 loyally over the last year and a half as we've taken several breaks for no reason. Um, myself, Dan, uh, Daniel Baptista, and Shay Siddiqui from the This Time With podcast are going to be doing the Last of Us podcast where we're going to be playing through Last of Us leading up to the last of us two's release on june 19th um so check us out it's going to be called survive and endure we're going to be covering the first um, episode this week it's going to be a six-part series we've been working on it for a little while now we've been trying to get it off the ground for a little while and we finally got it on the way so uh, if you are interested in the last of us if you are not a last of us fan but you have heard good things about the last of us if you just want to hear myself dan and shay talk about stuff that happens in a video game that includes zombies which is also weirdly reminiscent of what's happening outside right now also tune in um, but on thursday we will be releasing our first episode we're going to cover the first um, chapter slash uh, prologue and then we're going to release a, an episode weekly until the big um, release of last of us 2 on june 19th and then at that point i will be trying my very best to do a 24-hour stream of the last of us 2 and we'll talk about more detail on that um, as we get closer to the release date. But I thought I'd plug our first uh, spinoff nice. for, for the Slice Network. So be excited, dudes. And Shay, I am excited. Shay, I'm excited to listen to it. Shay has been on the podcast before here. So you've heard his voice if you're a loyal listener. Maps has been on as well, no? No. Could have sworn he was. He's like the Wizard of Oz, though. He's like ominously in the corner waiting for his big reveal. I don't think oh. I don't think the wizard wanted to be revealed. Oh, he did. He just didn't know yet. Okay, man. That's exciting. Awesome, man. Okay. Well, guys, it's been a slice. <laughs> yeah. It's been a slice, guys. Uh, check us out on Thursday, and then we'll be back next week with a new episode um, with another update from Isolation. Peace out, dudes. And Pizza. dudettes. Peace out. Pizza Have out. a great week. Pizza. I like that. Pizza, Pizza out. out. Pizza. Pizza out. out. All right.